I want to apologize ahead of time because <laughs> I'm not sure where this is going to go today. I had a sermon prepared and, and I just didn't feel like it was the way to go. And then I prepared another one this morning and it's still, I mean, it's good. It's all good stuff. I don't think that it's wrong. <laughs> but, uh, but I just want to talk to you guys for a little bit. And, and I know there's some visitors here, so sorry if this is a little different than this isn't what I normally do. But I, I really, as much as I teach uh, leading of the Holy Spirit, I, I, I kind of have to do that myself. So it's very hard for me, you know, to do this because I really like teaching and I really enjoy it. And I think there's a lot um, to both sermons that I've prepared <laughs> that I may get to eventually. I may get to today, I doubt it, but, but I want to talk to you a little bit um, just of what's been going on in my heart lately, especially the last two weeks. Um, and uh, last week, um, well, week before last, um, heard some really good good things from the Lord, and I felt like we had a really good service, and um, lots of things began to click along. We, uh, Tracy and I took over this church almost a year ago, um, and now we're starting to see things begin to, to work, you know, kind of together, and at the time that, that we did, it was, it was not us necessarily, like, looking for this or driving towards this or this is what our goal was. Um, the Lord just kind of placed it in front of us, and we accepted it and, and prayed about it, and it's... And, we're completely sold out and all in. Um, but at the same time, we're very fresh. We're very new to this senior pastor role in a church. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's, a pretty, it's a pretty big deal. It's pretty heavy, and, and it weighs on us. And so uh, in doing so, you know, for the first, I could say for the first probably several months, two or three months, it was, you know, how do we make it? How do we make this work? How do we do these things? And then as we went on, the Lord began to reveal more things to us and and, and different ideas, and I heard lots of questions, and, and this is kind of what I want to talk about, because this is what um, what I've been dealing with this past week and the last two weeks. Um, there were a lot of questions for us. You know, what's your vision? It was one of the main questions I got a lot of. What's your vision for the church? What's your direction? Where are you going? How are you going to lead? Like, that, that kind of thing. And so uh, so I really had to pray about that, and, and at the time, you know, I'm, Tracy and I both work full-time and, and have kids that are fairly demanding, as, as a lot of you guys do. At the same time, we want nothing more than to just spend all of our time here and, and with you guys and meet with you guys and love you guys and, and just have fellowship with you. Um, and so there was all of these things we're trying to work out as we go through um, life and church life and, and those kind of things. And so as we have incredible blessings, um, incredible, incredible stories, we've gotten to know more and more of you guys and more of your stories and, and who you are. Um, and in doing so, there's been you know, some setbacks and some different things and some genuine, uh, and you, you guys, most of you guys know me, not, not demon in every bush, but some genuine attacks from the enemy for us. I mean, they've, they've, there's been some people and well, really spiritual attacks through people that have come at us. Um, and in doing so, I guess in me, I, I've, I understand things theologically, <laughs> but sometimes it takes a while to sink in. Have you ever had that? Where you learn something, I could learn something for two or three years. Sonship was one of those things. And Pastor Mark taught a sonship for two and a half years. And until that moment, Holy Spirit sealed that in me when, when he prayed for me and said, Son, it quickened in my spirit and it was real to me. So in the same way, there's this, this leading of the Holy Spirit that I've, that I've really put all my eggs in one basket here. Um, and so I'm just I'm being real transparent, so bear with me. I'm going to try not to cry too much. <laughs> try, try. I said try. Um, I saw I look up at the lights every once in a while. <laughs> Thank you, Bill. So, so in, in, in moving forward, this leading of the Holy Spirit um, requires a lot of trust in us. 
for tracing us, tracing us, tracing I. It requires a lot of trust in the Lord and in you guys, honestly. Um, because some of the questions that would come in, well, how do we do this or how do we grow a church or what, how, what do we need to do to continue? Because at the time we, we took over, the building was for sale. We had a lot, of, a lot of things we had to figure out, financial things, things you just, as pastor, you don't want to deal with, but you have to deal with those things. And so in doing so, I've, I've tried to um, weigh everything in, in, in the most logical way that I can and try to do the best that we can with what we have. And I think we've done a good job. And you guys, are it's because of you that we're still here. It's not just us. So I thank you <laughs> for that. Um, but in doing so, some of the questions were, what is your vision? And I remember in the beginning thinking, what is my vision? What's, what's our mission statement or whatever? You know, you kind of have to have one to put in quotations on your website or whatever. Um, and so... All I could think of was loving God, loving people, which was kind of twofold, is that um, our God is loving towards us and we are loving towards people and that we serve a loving God and we are loving people. <laughs> I mean, it seemed pretty straightforward and it's the, the, it's the commandments in which all other commandments fall underneath and it's the new covenant in which we find ourselves and it's awesome. Um, but there was still this question of what's the vision? How do we... How do we get people involved in ministries or how do we do these things? And these are things that we, we meet about and we talk about and they're good things, they're not bad things. Um, but whether I want to or not, they begin to weigh on me and I feel like they're my responsibility. I feel like I've got to do something. I've got to make this work. I need to make this work. And as I, I can continue to tell you guys week after week that it's not, you know, it's not us that we rest in the Lord, over time I'd continue to take this on myself. Um, I did... I'll t- Spoiler alert, I didn't have a nervous breakdown or anything. I'm okay. <laughs> I'm all right. Everything's fine. We're still going forward. Everything's okay. But I just want to share with you this because I feel like it's important. Partially because both sermons that I prepared, I didn't feel like the whole, they were Holy Spirit-led. I felt like they were good. I felt like they had uh, substance to them and they're good teachings and they're all scriptural and had tons of scriptures. Um, but what I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying is what I'm saying now. So um, here I am defending myself again. So here I, fi- I find myself, I'm, I'm going to be 40 this year, <laughs> and I look back as I'm on the road, I work a lot when, uh, I work a lot, I do work a lot, but I'm on the road a lot when I work, and so it gives me time to pray and, and listen and, and, and pray and read when I'm in hotel rooms and different things, and so um, as I was doing that, I began to reflect, and some of you may have seen my post going back to my salvation experience, it was just a brief look into it. Um, but I look back at 20 years I've been saved now, 20 years, and then the 20 years that I was lost before that. And, and it's, it's a very interesting reflection on my own life of where I am and where I've come. I'm so separated from my old life. I'm so thankful for that. But I'm so separated from my old life, sometimes I even forget of all the things that I went through back then. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but it's where I find myself now. In doing so... Um, I began to see in this new life that I started 20 years, nearly 20 years ago, and as pastor of this church now, I begin to reflect back on, on these last 20 years of me being saved and what that looks like, and and uh, I think about all these different things, you know, 40 years old, midlife crisis, you know, go buy a Porsche, whatever, you know, all these different things, and I don't I don't struggle I don't struggle with that mainly because I can't afford a Porsche anyway, <laughs> but also because I I know I really do know where my security is, and I'm not looking for things to fulfill me. Amen. I mean, I really, I'm not. Um, but what I find, and even studying some of the things that I studied, um, that the flesh is kind of tricky. When I say the flesh, I, I, I'll try not to teach too much, but I'll teach a little bit. When I say the flesh, I'm not talking about my old self. My old self was crucified. 
and is gone, and I'm brand new in Christ. This is not a, this is not a, a fixed old life. This is a brand new life. Um, and so in this brand new life, I, I have to, I still have to deal with this flesh. Uh, the, the, the fact that I'm still human in a body and still deal with human issues. And so in doing so, I see where I can fall for the same tricks, even though I have this new life. I can still be distracted by things um, that I think I have under control or that I think I have um, personally, you know, that I'm better than. Um, but then I find myself, you know, just like, um, just like uh, I think it's in the Corinthians, uh, when Jesus or when 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 Paul's talking to the Corinthians about, you know, you started in this grace, but now you're trying to do it on your own. As much as I know that that's not the truth, I find myself doing that sometimes, trying to do it on my own. And so, uh, just want to kind of publicly apologize for trying to do some of that, but at the same time recognizing it so that you guys can see that, you know, from here on out, this is, this is everything that we have in this church and everything that we do I, I, needs to be Holy Spirit-led. It needs to be Jesus-centered. And everything that we do needs to come back to that. Um, I know that seems simple, <laughs> but we can get caught up in the ideas and, you know, the decorations and the different things, and even I can get caught up in those things. And so I just, I, I kind of want to come back to, to who we are as a church. Now, after I kind of, uh, you know, like 30 minutes before service, abandoned both sermons that I'd prepared, <laughs> I began to look up, well, what, well, if this is if this is what you're saying, Holy Spirit, what are, you, what are you telling me? What does the church need to look like? Because I feel like, who am I to try to reinvent this church? Well, what I've seen in 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 my life growing up and going to churches, um, and I don't want to just pick at church altogether, but we're a part of a bigger big C church. I see a lot of systems and a lot of things that that can we can easily fall into, and this is my fear, and this is the thing I don't want to fall into, is being in the sin sin management game. And it's a good business to be in because people will continue to come back to you. And it's the same thing the whole Protestant Reformation was trying to get, get away from this whole broken system. And so what I see as a church isn't necessarily what I see a lot in our culture. Um, that's hard to say because I'm not nearly as intelligent as a lot of people that run much better and bigger churches than we are. But what I see is, in, in, in my perspective, is a need for more... Um, a need for less emphasis on Sunday mornings and more emphasis on life in general. Um, and not just teaching about life, but full experience. We talked about this morning even in worship. Taste and see that the Lord is good. There has to be an experience that you have, and there has to be a, something solid there. There has to be this Christ-centeredness in us and this Holy Spirit that leads us, and we have to know that we're secure in that. And then we have to go out and share that with people. As far as vision goes, I don't know any other vision. I don't know any other vision than knowing Christ and sharing with people, then, then, then the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, and then going out and spilling that over with people. And so in everything that we do, and even though we've gotten, I, I've gotten kind of caught up in, in the structure of some of it, which we need, um, I want to make sure that that remains our focus, that it's not the things that we do, but it's the heart of who we are that is, that is um, translated outside of these doors. And so, I, you know, like I said, I've said this many times, but as we, as we move forward, 
there's going to be more and more. And trust me, man, Sunday mornings are awesome, and I want you guys to come every Sunday. <laughs> don't, don't get me wrong. This is important that we're here to meet together in fellowship and worship and love one another, and this is a good thing. But this is a very small piece of who we are as a church. This is, this is, the, this is the part that should spark the rest of the parts. That's Monday through Saturday. And so I, I, did, I did some research uh, this morning, just looking at the early church, and just it's, Google's a great thing. Um, I've got one quote I've given to you guys before, and I may get to that later. But this, is, this, was a, uh, this was a description. I found many, 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 many things, but this one really stood out to me as I read through it. Um, but it was a description of the early church. And uh, so how did the early church Christians describe themselves? Um, this was... A.D. 130 it says, here's, here's a gem that we are most fortunate to have, <clears throat> to have as only one, one copy survived the centuries. We do not know who wrote it. It came from the second century. It was like the New Testament, originally written in Greek. In this brief excerpt, we have preserved a magnificent description of Christian living and what was expected in the early church community. And this is what it says. For the Christians are distinguished from other men neither by country nor language nor the customs which they observe. For they neither inhabit cities of their own nor employ a a peculiar form of speech nor lead a life which is marked out by any singularity. The course of conduct which they follow has not been devised by any speculation or deliberation of inquisitive men nor do they, like some, proclaim themselves as advocates of of any merely human doctrines. But inhabiting Greek but, in, but inhabiting Greek as well as barbarian cities according as the lot of each of them has determined and following the customs of the natives in respect for clothing, food, and the rest of their ordinary conduct, they display, listen to this, they display to us their wonderful and confessedly striking method of life. They dwell in their own countries, but they dwell in their own countries, but simply as sojourners. As citizens, they share in all things with others, and yet endure all things as, as if foreigners. Even foreign land is to them as their native country, and every land of their birth as a, <clears throat> as a land of strangers. They marry as do others. They beget children, but they do not destroy their offspring. They have a common table, but not a common bed. They are in the flesh, but they do not live after the flesh. They pass their days on earth, but they are citizens of heaven. They obey the prescribed laws and at the same time surpass the laws with their lives. They love all men. They love all men and are persecuted by all. They are unknown and condemned. They are put to death and restored to life. They are poor yet make many rich. They are in lack of all things and yet abound in all. They are dishonored and yet in their very dishonor are glorified. They are uh, evil spoken. They are evil spoken of, and yet are justified. They are reviled and blessed. They are insulted and repay the insult with honor. They do good, yet are punished as evildoers. When punished, they rejoice, as if quickened into life. They are assailed by the Jews as foreigners and are persecuted by the Greeks. Yet those who hate them are unable to assign any reason for their hatred. To sum it all up in one word, what the soul is to the body, that are Christians in the world.
What stands out to me in, in, in all of that, I mean, there's a lot of good things there, but it's this display of Christianity that we, that we have. Now, in displaying this Christ, we know that it's not by our own ability or, or our own efforts, but it's by this confidence that we have in our righteousness in Christ that we can do any of these things. This grace and this place that we're, we're placed in through Christ puts us in, it kind of backs us in a corner. It gives us no excuse of, of, uh, of, of, any, of anything. We have, we have no reason not to do the things that we're called to do because we're made righteous in Him. So there's, a, there's, this, uh, there's this idea, I guess, or, or this, this teaching that, that we're just, we, we're still sinners at our core and we're, it's, it's just like there's a separation. But the, the whole thing that we've been teaching in here about identity is so important because we, we have to know who we are before we can share this great gift with other people. Um, and in solidifying uh, our righteousness in Christ, we can, we can boldly go out and give away this thing. When, when people, you know, approached the disciples and they said, you know, heal us, we want healing, we want something, we want money. It's the money I don't have, but what I give you, but what I have I give you. They were fully confident that they had something, that they carried something with them. They weren't, uh, they didn't hesitate about it. They actually looked intently at the people. And the Holy Spirit changed them. And even later on in that whole conversation after the man was healed, they gave all the glory to God and said, it's not us that does it, not that we have some magical power, there's anything that we can stand on, but it's through Christ that we can do these things. It's through the Holy Spirit that we can do these things. And so in, in I guess in my, in my frustrations, or I guess sometimes my lack of willingness to, to let the Holy Spirit lead me in everything, that I've tried to do some things on my own and tried to, tried to build some things on my own, the Lord's revealed to me that quickening in the Spirit, the thing I've been saying, it all came to me at once the other day, that I have to do that. I have to lead by example with that kind of thing. I have to let the Holy Spirit lead everything that we do in here, and I can't try to create that on my own. Um, one of the things that, that, that we're going to do uh, in here, and it's not this is something that is completely <laughs> Holy Spirit-led because it's a, a, a fear probably of, of, I guess, a fear of anyone, I wouldn't just say pastors, is, is allowing, is not being in control. You know, I always said this is the, the last thing I wanted to give the Lord was control. It was the first thing he asked for in my life was control. <laughs> so thanks a lot. Um, but you guys all have such great stories. I was talking to someone this week, actually, about how diverse our congregation is. And how we've got so many different backgrounds from different um, different denominations, different histories, different stories. All you guys have incredible stories. Um, I've already talked to Bill about this, and we're gonna we're gonna shoot a few videos and just telling your stories. Because what I feel like is it's not it's not about us growing some church or creating some system um, that's gonna bring people in here. I, I have zero desire of giving you motivational speeches each week. I'll crumble under that. And I pray that you don't depend on me <laughs> to try to keep you going for the rest of the week. But what I do pray is that you leave here uh, with a greater understanding of who you are and who the Holy Spirit is to you every day. <laughs>
because that's what changes your life, not, not my ability to convince you of something, but the revelation that only the Holy Spirit can give you. So with, with the diversity that we have in here, and we've got a very rich, we've got a very rich church. I, don't, I look out, I don't know how many people are in here, but I don't know of many churches with such a diverse crowd of people coming from so many different backgrounds with so many different great stories. What I found is, um, like I had in my post, it was, it was almost two years of getting to know someone and the Holy Spirit speaking to me through that person, even in, even in the midst of his tragedy, that changed my life. It wasn't a single sermon. It wasn't something that I learned necessarily. It wasn't a doctrine. It wasn't a theology. It was a person that spent time with me for nearly two years that revealed the Father to me. That revealed a Father that I thought was like my earthly dad, who was very mean and who left us and who abused us and who did some pretty bad things. I didn't have a perspective of a father, of a good father. And I don't, I don't believe Jared ever said the word father to me or dad. But in those two years, as he got to know me, this Holy Spirit that, I, that I've put all my faith in began to reveal this father to me through conversations, through supernatural encounters that weren't even conversations, that were a couple words that don't mean anything to anybody, but radically transformed me. This, this is where this, this is where um, I seek to draw any kind of, if you want to call it growth, from this church, is from the Holy Spirit, and that's it. And if that's one person every two years, I'm fine with that. I want to keep this building. I think it'd be great. Um, I haven't heard the Lord tell us we need to sell it and move somewhere else. So I'd like to continue to pay the bills. <laughs> I mean, that'd be great. I like air conditioning. I mean, it's pretty cool. Woohoo. Um, but at the same time, I'm not going to sacrifice what I believe the Holy Spirit is telling me for the sake of just having church or doing church or growing in numbers. So I know this, this may not help any of you. <laughs> I may not be speaking directly or teaching you anything, but this is something that I just wanted to, to identify um, amongst us, and it's what I felt like the Holy Spirit was leading me this morning um, to tell you. So uh, that's really all I got. I got one other quote that I've quoted you guys before, and it was uh, Robert Farrar Capone. And uh, it says, I think good preachers should be like bad kids. They ought to be naughty enough to tiptoe up on dozing congregations, steal their bottles of religion pills, and flush them all down the drain. The church, by and large, has drugged itself into thinking that proper human behavior is the key to its relationship with God. <laughs> what preachers need to do is force it to go cold turkey with nothing, nothing but the word of the cross. Amen. And then be brave enough to stick around while it goes through, through, the, <laughs> through the inevitable withdrawal symptoms. <laughs> but preachers can't be that naughty or brave unless they're free from their own need for the dope of acceptance. And this speaks volumes to me, and I can imagine many other pastors. Chris, do you remember that statistic you gave me the other day? How many pastors walk away with it? 1,500 a month. Pastors walk away from church, walk away from the faith, or walk away from church? Walk away? 
from their pastoral role? 1500 per month. I think the reason, I'll get back to my quote in a minute, but I thought of something. I think the reason that is is because as pastors, we're, we're so insecure that we think that we need to create this system that you've got to keep coming back because if you don't, then you don't like us or that you found something better. Um, but what that, what that builds is insecure pastors and codependent church members, and you will fall, I'll fall, and you'll fall because I'm not good enough, <laughs> you know. And, and it, would be, it would be a disservice if I led you to me instead of the Holy Spirit. I mean, it's as simple as that. And that, and that requires from me trust, more trust in the Lord than, I, than, than if, if I was to try to all constantly be the only one to feed you. Um, unless they're free from their own need for the dope of acceptance. And they won't be free of their need until they can trust, until they can trust the God who has already accepted them in advance and dead as doornails in Jesus. Ergo, the absolute indispensability of trust in Jesus' passion, unless the faith of preachers is in that alone and not in any other person, ecclesiastical institution, theological system, moral prescription, or master recipe for human loveliness, they will be of, little, they will be of very little use in the pulpit. I want to be of use in the pulpit. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I, I was much today, but I want to be. <laughs> I want to be completely and utterly sold out for Christ. And I want to be completely and utterly trustworthy of this Holy Spirit. Because if we build our church on anything else, I don't, I don't think it's going to work out. Mainly because I know how, how messed up I am. <laughs> How much, how much I can fail, even though I don't want to. <laughs> it's not my desire, and I, and, I, and I haven't done anything terrible. Or, you know, Trace and I are okay. As far as I know, we're good, right? <laughs> Everything's good. Um, but at the same time, <laughs> at the same time, we're just people just like you, and we're dealing with a lot of things. Don't forget, we're pretty messed up, too. <laughs> oh, I know. No, I'm just <laughs> Y'all tell me all the time. No. No. <laughs> No, I love you guys. I love you guys so much. And it's such a blessing to be a part of this family because even after last week and we just kind of fell apart in front of you, you know, just fell apart like, I don't know, we just fell apart. Um, there was so much love in that moment and, and God did so many things that, that are above and beyond even a sermon or anything like that. And even after that, all the texts and the calls that we got, I mean, it's just incredible the support that we have. And Tracy and I, I'll speak for her, but I know she appreciates it as well. And I'll say this before I let you guys go. We kind of wrap up, but um, there's something to be said about. Uh, well, I just I don't want to teach anything. I'm trying not to so hard. I I want to I want to make a, a public uh, thank you and 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 honor my wife. Um, last week when when AJ spoke and I thank him for speaking. It was awesome. I didn't have to prepare a message, and, and I thought I'd like I get the week off, but I, I was I was kind of sad. I kind of liked <laughs> I kind of liked doing this, um, but at the same time, we got to come to church as a family. Normally, I come early because um, I really like to pray and go over everything, and, and then Tracy comes, and so I got to experience what she experiences with our kids, and it wasn't beautiful. <laughs> I love my kids, but it was not it was not the best experience of my life. Um, one of my daughters, I'm not even say which one, had a complete meltdown because she wanted to wear jeans. Jeans. 
She didn't have any clean jeans. Her jeans had poop on them. I don't know where she got poop on her jeans. We don't have a dog. I hope this, I don't think it was human poop. But these jeans caused an absolute meltdown, and it was serious. Like, it was a big deal. And I didn't know, I didn't really even know what to do with it. Like, I tried to talk, speak like logic, and it didn't work. I mean, I gave alternatives, and I tried to, you know, I tried all the things I could think logically to work with my daughter. <laughs> I mean, I even, like, I think of the things that I, I tried to learn when we first had kids, like, get down on their level and look at them at their eyes and listen to what they're saying, and no, nah, none of it worked. She was just done. <laughs> Game over. Done. And I seriously, I've, I've thought about that all week. Like, I don't have to deal with that every Sunday because Tracy does. <laughs> and I just thank you so much because if it wasn't for what she did, I would not... Like, seriously, I would not be in any rational state of mind because I'm, I'm so ADD, I would be thinking about pants and poop and uh, not understanding <laughs> that I couldn't even preach to you guys on Sunday. So if it wasn't for what she did, I couldn't do what I do. So thank you, Tracy. Now, having said that, she does much more than that. It's not just, not just dealing with the kids, but she does that every Sunday, and she does that a lot. Um, not to say I'm not involved with our kids during the week, but she does, she does do that a lot. And I, 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 want, I want to ask you guys to continue to pray for her specifically. Um, she, um, she just lost her grandmother in, uh, in Oklahoma. And, and it's, to me, it's, it's, it's hard for me because I'm trying to feel what she's feeling. She, she, was, she was 98, and so I think, well, yeah, she had a good life. You know, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get why you're upset. But she's very upset, and, and, and the reason is, and I'm sorry, I'm, she may get mad at me later, but... She didn't get a chance to get to know them um, because, because of divorce and, and separation of families. and it's, it's a frustrating thing. And so she, she's seeing things differently than I see them, and I'm trying to understand it more and more, and I'm sorry that I haven't as, as much as I should. But I want you to continue to pray for us as a family. We're probably going to go up there and, and help with that. Her dad's up there by himself and doesn't have anyone. And so we've got... We've got some things we need to, we're going to have to deal with in, in the coming weeks and months. And so um, I just ask for you guys to continue to pray for her and continue to pray for us. Uh, so know that it's nothing having to do with you guys <laughs> or the church or anything, but there's just, you know, it's just life. We're, we're doing life. And, and so Oklahoma's a, far, a long way away, and we've got to try to navigate that and deal with, with other family issues. You know, our, both of our families, we still, we still struggle with some of the things that, with some of them, so I don't want to talk about them in a bad light, but it's, it's tough sometimes, and you guys can relate, I know. Let's just continue to pray for us. That's completely selfish for me, but pray for us. Um, <laughs> what a weird, what a weird Sunday. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, thank you for sharing. Yeah. Because that's, that's one of the things that I've, I've always liked about this church, but even more so over the last year or so. I've Everybody knows me here. I'm the, I'm the really loud, brash, kind of intimidating guy. <laughs> I, I, I do a lot of stuff that most people wouldn't consider churchly, I guess. Uh, you know, I work at a fa- I work at a factory, and you know, even though I try to you know be good and everything, 20 minutes into work, and I'm using swear words like action, this and verse. So, I mean, my, my garage is a disaster. My yard looks like a, like, you know, a West Virginia yard with 15 vehicles in it. 
why we do what we do and that's why we're here is to remind each other of who we are in Christ and to, and, and to reveal that to each other. I have no intentions on trying to make you not Shane. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, I, but I do have intentions on revealing who God's called you to be every day all the time. And, and it goes right along the, 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 the same one of the discussions I had with, with one of our kids about music and they want to listen to the kids version of these songs and I'm not you know, I'm not legalistic about a lot of stuff. I listen to secular music too. But there are some songs that, that are bad, whether they have cuss words in them or not. So it opens up dialogue with our kids to say, okay, it's not just the words. It's what's behind the words. It's the heart behind what's going on there. And in the same way, I, I, think, I think God's less offended sometimes at swear words than he is people's hearts. And I've seen some of the most cruel people that could quote every scripture in the Bible and would, would beat you over the head with them if, they, if you give them an opportunity. Um, so I'm not trying to justify anything in that. It just it came to mind when he said that. But I don't want to keep you guys all day. I could sit here and ramble on about how screwed up I am. But uh, but I want to thank you. I want to thank you all, and especially the visitors. I know we've got some visitors in here. This isn't normal necessarily. Usually I do. Necessarily, it does happen. I'm not saying it won't happen next Sunday, but it usually doesn't. Um, <laughs> we are peculiar people. So I'll just. I, I'll just ask you guys to stand up and I'll pray for you. I guess that's all I got. Um, yeah. Oh, there you go. We have a family meeting. You, if you if you don't if you don't go here all the time, you get to got to see the CD underbelly. How how we are. Oh, Father, we just uh, we thank you that we can we can just call you Father. Uh, we thank you that that our. Um, huh, that our uh, our lives are in your hands, and so as we move as we move forward in this church as a family, um, that we continue to put our lives in your hands, and that you you lead us and you guide us and you remind us of who we are, whether it's through each other uh, in this body in this family, whether it's through strangers, whether it's through dreams and <laughs> and angelic visitations, whatever, however it's through, Lord, I just thank you for that. I thank you that you continue to lead us and you continue to remind us of who we are in you. And so as, as, as I teach from up here in the pulpit and I, I speak truth that it resonates in the Holy Spirit in your people, that it's not a, a convincing or a manipulation of any kind or, or a, you know, a brainwashing or anything, but it's just your truth. 
And your truth is greater than our perspective of your truth sometimes. And so you're even above that. Lord, continue to reveal your truth to us and, and that revelation grow and grow and grow each day that we know more and more of who we are in you. I just thank you for that. And, and uh, we just love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Cool.